All right. Well, good morning and welcome once again. And if you missed us last week, we were starting a series and we're talking about uh, the purpose of God or God's purpose, that God has purpose in everything that he does. And many times we miss what the purpose is. We see the order and we don't look past that. We don't try to explore why God has these things for us to do or not do. And with everything that God does, he does, in fact, have purpose. Here's reason for it. He's not just randomly making things up. He's not making us jump through hoops for his entertainment. He has purpose in everything that he does. And we're even going to circle back a little bit and uh, from our first message for the year. when We was talking about progressive pastoring. And... Uh, I was reading an article, and it was talking about how that, as a church, that we need to be more inclusive, that perhaps that there's room for change in God's Word. And I'm like, whoa, 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 that's absolutely wrong. Now, there may be a point that we need to be a little more inclusive, because throughout history, We've had a bad habit as a church of being inclusive when people don't meet our expectations. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we're not going to go and change God's word to fit the world. See, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And when we start doing that, we are... First of all, going against what God has given us. We are going against his order not to change his word. But also, we are failing to see his purpose. We are failing to accomplish anything. And we are not doing what we're set out to do. That is to bring people to God. That is to enhance relationships between mankind and God. We can't just simply mold the word to fit what the whim is of the day. To get us started today, let's look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, and they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, as their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like the uncorruptible man and the birds of the four-footed beast and the creeping thing. Therefore God gave them up to unkilling thoughts of lust of their own hearts, dishonor of their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth into a lie and worship and served the creature more than the creator. For it is blessed for them ever. Amen. For this caused God to give them up to vile affection, for even their women did change natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of their women 
burned in their own lust towards one another, men with men working towards seemingly receiving and in themselves recompensate of their error which was met. And even though they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a robate mind to which these things were not convinced. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetedness, maliness, full of every envy, murder, debate, deceit, malady, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without unnatural affection, and place, immersible, who knowing judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do. <clears throat> We're living in a world today where we take things that have been known to go against God and we put God out of the picture and to allow these things. Now, we talked a little bit back at the first of the year that it may come a time when we do not will have a choice that the government will say, hey, you are going to have to be tolerant of these things or else you're going to lose the rights and the abilities that you have now to be able to worship and do as you do it as you please. Now, so we have to start making making choices. And one of the problems is, as Christians, as followers, is, is that when we see something that is different, we tend to want to attack it. And we will use the, the Word of God. And we'll say things like, we're not hating the person, we're hating the sin. And that, my friends, is just an example of you justifying your bad behavior. Because what we need to be doing is, is be accepting and to be teaching. Because we have this mentality of, because I say so, and a lot of times we just go ahead and replace it because God says so. But if you've ever tried to teach, if you tried to, to parent young children, the because I say so approach only takes you so far. Because people are a lot more receptive. And we're a lot more receptive to understand why we are doing these things if we put some purpose behind it, some reasoning. Don't touch the stove. Why? Because I said so. Well, now we have a curiosity of why this stove shouldn't be touched. But if we say, don't touch the stove, because if you do, it's going to burn you severely. It's going to cause you great pain. Now, there's something to think about. And it removes the mystery behind it. God doesn't want to be a mystery. God wants to be part of our relationship. He wants us to understand him. And if we can understand his purpose, and why he wants us to do certain things, then we can have a lot 
closer and personal relationship with him. Now here in 2023 that we're just now starting, if we look back over the last couple of years, one of the greatest things that we are facing right now, if you've turned on the news, if you turned on any kind of social media outlet, is this newfound gender issue that we're moving away from what God says that God made man, I made woman, and we are broadening that spectrum into all kinds of craziness and, and different situations. We are changing what it is to be a family, what it even is to be a woman, and, and we're this is a, a major issue. It's a major point that's being pushed across the globe. And Satan is absolutely loving it. Because it is one of the core fundamentals of God. And the world is distorting that. So we have to, we have to look and see, you know, because God speaks against this. He says, I made man, I made woman. This is what a family looks like. This is the way it should be. There's countless verses that said, this is what a man should be. This is what a woman should be. It's very clear. There's no gray area. There's no in-between. Even in Deuteronomy 22 and 5, it even talks about the dress. A woman should not wear what is pertained to a man, neither shall a man into a woman's garments. For all things are what? An abomination. God's very clear on this. So, we have these people that fall into this category. That is, is fact. We have people that fall into this category, and this category is growing. And we have these people that are like all of us that are hardwired to have a connection with God. Now, why Satan loves this so much and why this doesn't work is, is because how do we incorporate these feelings with the Word of God when the two don't line up? Because if you say that you are something on the inside that you don't appear to be on the outside, one thing we might go and do is say, well, God made me this way, so this can't be right. Well, that doesn't work because that goes against the Word of God. Word of God is always true. So that answer is out the window. And then, well, if God made me this way, then he must have made a mistake. He put the wrong soul in the wrong body. God does not make mistakes. That is the wrong answer. But Satan is using all these things. He's got all these different ways of plowing doubt into the world because you feel a certain way. Now, we've talked about feelings in the past, and the one thing we've talked about feelings is, is that's something that we cannot rely on because they're from the human part of us. They're part of the worldly part of us. And just because we feel a certain way doesn't mean 
that is. And we seem to take this one portion and we cut it out of everything else. Because it used to be that if a person was in the state, we would call it what it was, was a disorder that required treatment because it was a form of dysphoria where you were not seeing yourself correctly or not feeling yourself correctly. Just as uh, it would be if you thought that your hand didn't belong to your body or you weren't supposed to have legs. These are all the same kind of, of situation. But we've, we've taken that out and we've said, well, this is just natural, and, but we left these other things alone. We have to look at, at everything at a whole. You know, the disciples were talking about the man that was born blind, that Jesus healed. And they asked him, they said, who sinned? Was it this person or was it his parents? How did he become this way? And Jesus said, no, it wasn't neither one. That some things are just for the glory of God. And of course, we know in that story that Jesus restored his sight, made him whole again. We have all kinds of situations, conditions that happen to us that is not of God. It's because we live in a world that is corrupted by sin. We can make a perfect ice cream cone. It can be perfectly round on top. It can have the little sprinkles. It can not be a drip, a crack, or anything. It's the perfect specimen of an ice cream cone. But if you drop that ice cream cone in the dirt, it's going to have all kinds of foreign particles and stuff in it. It's going to lose its shape. It's going to be a mess. And that's what happened with us. God took his perfect creation, which was us, and when the world fell, we became the dirt. We are corrupted by this world. If you see a baby born with a, a birth defect, with a chronic disease, that's not because God did that. God's not playing around and punishing people from birth. No, these are the effects of living in a sinful world. Every generation, sin becomes more and more rapid, and we become more and more corrupt. The gene pool becomes more and more corrupt. We become further and further away from that perfection that we started with in the beginning when God breathed life into Adam. It is the, the world, it is our environment that does these things, not God. It's for his glory, because God takes everything and makes it where he can use it for his glory. We can see that whenever he heals through prayer, that we can become healed. Or even when he just sees us through the situation. We know we may not be 
fully restored. But through God's glory, through God's grace, he helps us along through whatever that situation is. That's how we see his glory. That's how God takes these things. And anything can fall into this category. So when we have someone in a situation when they're feeling a certain way, when they have a certain attraction, when they see themselves differently than when they look in the mirror, it's not because God made a mistake. It's not because God purposely made you that way. Anytime that you feel something and it goes against what the Word of God says, it's because of the environment, the world that we live in. Into something that we have to have to face and we have to overcome. The church is supposed to be a hospital for the sick. And see, we don't have a lot of public stories out there about people overcoming this particular ailment. But it does exist. But it doesn't fit into the, the mainstream of the world because the world wants us to turn against what the Word of God says. So we suppress any time that God is working in someone's life. We do a bad job as a church of being that hospital that the sick need. Because we want you to come in chained. We want you to drop your affliction at the door and come and jump on the bandwagon and be just like the rest of us. But it's not us that can make these changes. Only God can touch the heart. Only God can make these changes. And we have to allow the opportunity for these things to happen. And there's much debate. It's like, why is it so wrong? Why is it that the Jesus preached love? And many people use these points to try to put a spin onto the Word of God to change it and to change this outlook. But through all of it, we are missing the purpose. And that's what we're going to look at today is the purpose. Because in reality, God wants you to love everybody. But the thing is, if you... Focus this love and you put it in a place that doesn't fit what God's image of a family is, you cannot fulfill your purpose. And the fact is, anytime that we mix two of the same, one person is not going to be in their role.
It's not a look. It's not an act. It's a role. It's your purpose. God created man, created woman, and created them the same in some ways, but in so many ways different. They're two halves of a circle that come together to complete and to complement was two very different skill sets, two very different abilities, but together they provide everything that the unit needs. And when we don't have one of each, we do not have this complete set. And one person is not completing their purpose. We looked at Deuteronomy. We talked about the dress, about not dressing as the other. And there's purpose in this. And it goes along with this. It supports this argument here, is that we have purpose in what we do. And you cannot be taken seriously as the leader, the head of the family, the defender, the earner, if you're not in your proper role. If you don't stand up and look the part. And the same thing on the other side. We have a, a drive in this world today that everything we see that shows a reverse dominance in the family environment. We show a reversal of power where men have lost their role as the leader, as the head of the household, as the dominant figure, and now being portrayed as the, the comic relief, the punchline, the constant screw-up. Anything that we see in traditional gender roles is shown as being wrong, oppressive. When in reality, it is exactly what we need. People have done studies, and it was such a big thing to get women out of the house, out into the workforce, and they've interviewed and talked to these different ones and have realized that they aren't any happier. In fact, they're not as happy as they were before because they have all this other pressure and they're not able to do as much as they did before. And they've lost that fulfillment of the role that God intended them to have. You know, ain't it funny that there's not a problem till somebody makes one. That somebody comes along and says, hey, this isn't right anymore. Well, we need to change something about it. 
and everybody that seems to jump on the bandwagon with it. In reality, there's not a problem at all. It's just a, an idea. It's just a personal opinion that someone threw up. We're supposed to be examples. One of the things now is, as parents, is that I'm going to let my child choose what they want to be. I'm not going to give them any kind of direction. Everything I'm going to do is going to be neutral. I'm going to let them choose. You're not doing them any favors. Because this is our responsibility as parents. And another reason why God sets us up in our roles is so that we can be these examples. We're supposed to show our sons what it's like to be a man. Women, mothers, we're supposed to show our daughters what it's like to be a woman. And vice versa, as we interact with one another, what it is to be a family, what it is to do our roles, what our purpose is. We don't realize how much the environment, you know, we talked about the environment of the world, how it changes us, how it can corrupt us, but how much our environment really plays impact on us. It's how we are, are brought up. It's the people that we interact with. You know, things like racism, sexism, ageism, all these things that we do, all these hateful events that we do, it's not something that we're born doing. We're not born to do these things or have a adverse aversion to certain people. It's things that we learn from others. We either grow up with it, we get it from the people we hang out with, we're taught to us, it's handed down from the generations, but it's not something that we just inherit. It's not something that's inside us from the start. So if we are not teaching our children, this is the way a boy acts, this is the way a girl acts, this is the difference, and this is why. then we're giving opportunity for the world to be that teacher. In many aspects, it's not because you've given them a choice or they've made a choice. It's because they just don't know any better. Many times that when people want to make a change, they're lonely. They're having a hard time fitting in. <clears throat> you know, we all have this Jesus-shaped hole till we fill that. And we have that. And then we have the, the loneliness that the, the world causes. And when you're feeling different, and you're a small part of the group, and you want to go after that bigger part of the group, well, it's like, well, maybe if I change this about myself... I will be more 
appealing to that larger group, and possibly I can get what I want. But the only problem is that you can't fully make that change. You'll never be what that bigger group actually wants. They want the real deal, not an altered version of it. And when many people realize this is the case and they realize this truth, they realize they've made a mistake and they want to go back. All the while we're trying to feel something that only Jesus can put into us. We have purpose. And what is so wrong with fulfilling God's purpose? Why can't a man be a man and a woman be a woman? And why can't we realize our weaknesses? Why can't we emphasize our strength and why can't we work together? Satan wants to cause such separation, break down the family. Have you noticed how much we've broken down with our communication with the world? You know, it used to be if you had a problem with a product, you'd get on the phone and you'd call someone up and you'd talk to some tech support or some kind of advisor and now they advise you, well, hey, we're call volumes are higher than usual. Can you please check our website? You can chat with a advisor. You can do all these other things. Send an email. We go into a store now, and we used to be able to talk to the cashier. And now we have to self-check out. I just seen a thing today that there's stores up north that are going completely staff free. That you just put in your card and they scan the stuff as you walk out the door. McDonald's has got a new pilot system where you type in your order on a button and you don't see a person. Every day we try to find something new to keep us away from one another and afraid that we're going to get sick. We have to cover our faces, not look at each other. It's all driving us away from God's purpose. <clears throat> he tells us to come together. We are the body. But our body's being hacked up. And we're all going in different directions. I've been through many different generations and seen a very much change in technology. 
a time when a phone was something you had to hunt for when you really needed one. And then everybody got one. And now that everybody's got one, we don't even use them for their primary purpose. Most people don't even use their phone to make phone calls anymore. They use them for everything else. These newer generations, it becomes a, a point of anxiety to actually talk to someone on the phone or talk to them in person. And we wonder why we're so messed up. Church, it's not our duty to, to chastise. It's our duty to teach. We're not here to condemn. We're here to educate. We're here to be an example. We wonder why we're so empty. And we put a real lack of faith in God. As I've been studying this week, I see that more and more and more we try to stay into control and we don't have a lot of faith in God. I go back to what Jesus said about that, that mustard seed. We only had the faith of a mustard seed. That's because we, we only need so little, but we have none. I can only imagine how frustrated he had to be. Every time we heard him say so much, oh, little faith, oh, little faith. And I, and I see it now. I see it that we have such little faith. Because when we have people that we know are in need of the Spirit, we know that they need to be touched in a very special way. All we can seem to do is push them away. Oh, you made mistakes. You're gone. Oh, you're not living the right kind of life. You're gone. And we judge and we condemn, even though that we have a lot of areas of our own lives that are very much in need of change. And we say, because I say so, and because God says so, and I'm a Christian, so I'm going to enforce God's say so, and I'm going to interpret it my own way, and I'm not going to teach you anything. We have to give God the opportunity to work in their hearts. And we can't do that if they're not hearing the word. But in retrospect, we cannot allow everything as well. We can't jump over, skip over, and avoid things that's going to make people uncomfortable. It's the whole Word of God. And one thing we really got to do is we got to take a step back and say, hey, you know, maybe I didn't have that quite right. You know, maybe we need to look into things a little bit deeper instead of everything just as the core value. Because that's what we'll do. We'll find what we need. Oh, this is bad. No, God says no. But we don't look at why. 
And that's the important part is why God is telling us these things. He wants us to have a full, abundant life. And we're only getting the first step of it. Okay, do this or don't do this. But what are we trying to accomplish as we're doing it? And if we can start seeing God's purpose, it's going to open up a whole lot more doors. It's going to give us a whole lot more pieces of the puzzle to put together. And we can see more of God's vision. And we can see more of the path that God has for us in our lives.